next week, Bachelor in Paradise's season finale is oh my Tuesday gosh. night. So I might need to be a little bit late on Tuesday. So we might need to record on Wednesday. That John Lassie, you got to make sure that's in the podcast somewhere. That's going in the cold open. That's our cold. He open. just said he was going to choose Bachelor in Paradise. Bachelor in Paradise over fantasy football. Welcome back, folks, to episode four of FL FFFL Podcast. It's your host, Matthew Honeycutt, and I'm joined by our co-hosts, John Lassie and Will Myers. I don't know about y'all guys, but I'm feeling pretty great after a big dub this week. What about y'all? How y'all doing? Womp, womp, womp. Just had to throw it in there. I am not feeling good. I I was fantasy depressed this week. Oh man, hmm. that's rough. It's rough. Well, how well, you is, doing? It, is it is it time to panic for you or what? <sighs> you know, I like I scored I think the fourth most points last week, second most points this week, and two losses. It's not yet quite time to panic because only one team in our league is three now. So I'm, you know, one game back of the playoffs, two games back of most everybody in the league. Um, but we're getting very close to panic time. Uh, I need a win uh, very, very badly. Even though my team's been playing very well, like, you know, I've scored a lot of points, but it just has not shown on the results. So someone just got an ESPN notification. I, I definitely heard that. Yeah, that's my B. <laughs> what is the, what's the notification? I mean, we need to know the update. What's the update? Seattle Sounders goal. Oh my gosh. Oh. Hockey. No. Get- oh my gosh, honey cut. That's oh, soccer. soccer. You are oh. you do not know sports. Classic Shore Stafford liking soccer. Soccer. Get out of here. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I played soccer all my life. <laughs> uh I just feel like every Shore's Stafford is obsessed with No, soccer. so that's that's when it, back in my day. We didn't it was play, ultimate frisbee. It was ultimate right? frisbee. Yeah, and and they played soccer. Full time staff played soccer on Tuesday nights or something like that. While we were in the forge, and Stephen Bass and I would go. Who both played soccer growing up, and we'd invite other shore staffers, and they're like, "No, soccer's stupid. Soccer's dumb." Blah blah blah. The next summer in 2014, they started playing soccer because the the World Cup, and it now stuck. it's the staple. Yeah. But specifically, Kyle Gore was like, soccer's dumb, blah, 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 blah. And then they made the switch, and he loved it. So, anyway. All right, guys. Man, week four, it's just flying by, flying by. But I'm liking it. I mean, I think some players are getting back to to normal. (laughs) So, that's good. Um, But anyways, Lassie, you want to hit us up with some pod stats? Yeah, so and I, I got some definitions for you because I know last time we were asking, you know, what does estimated audience mean and all that. So total plays across our three episodes, um, I guess technically four episodes because I remade episode one so that I could post to Apple and all the other places. But we have 61 plays across three episodes, estimated audience of 15 and 22 unique listeners. So 
plays is what you think it is, just the no, number of times the episode has been streamed or downloaded across all platforms. Estimated audience is the average number of plays each episode gets within 30 days of publishing. Uh, and then unique listeners is the number of distinct devices as determined by the IP address that mm. downloaded or streamed your podcast in the past week. Got it. Interesting. Cool. So we're doing pretty good still. Um, we still have listeners all across the world in Germany and the Philippines still have yet to hear from them. So if you're a listener in Germany or the Philippines, hit us up, send us an email, slide into our DMs on Twitter or Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. And we still have a total of zero questions for the mailbag segment. So people listening, send us in your questions and we'll do a mailbag segment. But it's hard to do a mailbag segment when you have no questions. Yeah, we definitely need some of those to answer to do that. Yeah, so I, you kind of hinted at this earlier, Honeycutt, but I feel like this was a week where a lot of players, a lot of key players who we've been talking about the first two weeks had really, really good games. So specifically, Zeke, who'd been at least you would be unenthusiastic about the first two weeks, had a really good week this week. By the way, the Eagles are just a bad team, but we can we can talk about that later. They are terrible. Um, Saquon Barkley had a good week. He found the end zone, was active in the passing game, decent in the running game, probably not as good as you might want, but still on the field all the time. Devonta Adams just had a huge game, as did Jeff, Justin Jefferson. DK Metcalf, uh, Michael Evans, <clears throat> Austin Eckler all had really, really good games. Games that you would really expect from players of this caliber. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I benefited from two of those guys, Devontae and Metcalf, back to what I expected them to have, and it actually helped me win the week. So, Right. For sure. And, I mean, Zeke looked a little bit better, I'll say it, from a Cowboys fan. Um, he was hitting the hole a little bit harder, quicker. He looked a little bit better. Yeah, but I got to say, that that Philadelphia team is not very good. Which, um, they looked I, terrible. I would say they looked night and day because week one they looked sharp. Yeah. And, and they looked just real – they didn't look great. They looked bad. I mean, they, they got – they were – that was almost embarrassing for them. Like, that's a big game, national TV against a division rival. Mm-hmm. Both teams were one and one, and they just – they looked awful. So, I'm not encouraged on Philadelphia's prospects as a team moving forward this season. Yeah. Agreed. John, take away for week three. Yeah, so I'm sure this happens. I mean, I know it happens every week because, um, I mean, you know, people who are not on – or players not who are not on roster score a lot of points. But I feel like we had a lot of points left on waivers this week. Uh, I mean, five guys in particular scored over 20. Dalton Schultz had 26. Peyton Barber had 24. Deshaun Jackson had 22, Kendrick Bourne had 21, and uh, Gio Bernard had 21 or 20.1. Um, and so again, I know you know obviously every week you're going to see fine guys on there. To me, that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot of points to be left on waivers. And maybe next week it happens again, and I'm realizing it's not as you know uncommon. But I show, or to me, it, it just shows you know while a lot is and <laughs> coming from a loser this week, while a lot is predictable in fantasy football. Still, there's a lot that's unpredictable, no matter how good you are. I mean, who's going to be starting Kendrick Bourne, you know, on their team to get 21.6 points? 
points. Not very many people. So Matt Lance um, might look into adding him as a flex option. <laughs> there you go. Um, and then a question I just wanted to pose to you guys. If, if we redrafted today, who goes number one, knowing everything we know? Honeycutt, you got an answer to this? Man, um, I'm, I'm trying to – who went two and three in our draft? Kamara went three, I think. Let me look. Let me pull it up real quick. Two was uh, – Was it Derrick Henry? Might have been Henry. No. Oh, yeah, Alvin Derek, Cook. Alvin, Alvin Cook, Cook was two. See, I, I'm going Henry. I'm going Henry number one. So what about you, Will? Henry is kind of always – I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I think there's really three three or four players you can't go wrong with. McCaffrey, Kamara, Henry, and honestly, Aaron Jones. He's been fantastic for years. So That's a sneaky – yeah, that's a sneaky. He, I mean, I think he's worthy of that, that group. I think he's that good. Um, but I'm kind of always a Derrick Henry guy. He's not as active in the passing game, but it, it just seems like every year – It's picking and, up, though. He's been more involved. Dude, yeah, those, those screens, true. he kills the screen. That's true, but he's not going to get you know double digit targets like McCaffrey might get, for example, in a game. Sure. Um, but it seems like every year, come week fourteen, teams are tired; they don't want to tackle, and then they have to face the Titans and Derrick Henry. I feel like weeks fourteen through sixteen, he gets like two hundred yards every single game. The Titans are fighting for their playoff lives, and no one wants to tackle this guy, and he just wins. And, and scores big. I'm kind of always a Derrick Henry guy. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you. I think I would have, I think, you know, knowing what I know now, as as valuable as CMC is, that, and that's what's really killed me is his, his injury. But Henry, I think, has been outstanding. But I'll pose one more question to you, and then we can, and then Honeycutt, you can hit us with your takeaways. Is there a case to be made for Travis Kelsey going number one overall? Always. Always. I don't know if I'd say one, um, but I, I agree with this. What you're saying is he, how how he how he outweighs all the other tight ends, and he just gives that person an advantage greatly because of that. I don't know though if I'm I'm saying he's the number one overall pick. Well, that's not. Well, is there an argument to be made though? And I think there absolutely is because to your point, honey, cut. He is so much better than every other tight end. And when when I look at fantasy, who scores the most points? It's it's quarterbacks, you know, probably score the most points. And then it's probably wide receivers that score more than running backs typically do. But the reason why you draft running backs first is because they're scarce. There's not as many of them. So if you're looking at value, they provide the most value because if you don't get one in the first round or the second round, you're stuck with Mike Davis and James Robinson, and nobody wants that. <laughs> but – and I say that as James Robinson killed me this week. The Millennium Falcons might have wanted that this week. Yeah. But anyways, I, I think there's absolutely an argument to be made that Travis Kelsey is absolutely a first-round pick. Because you think about it, there are so many good wide receivers. We just went through the waiver wire and players who, yeah, you probably can't depend on them week in and week out. But, like, you can find points on the waiver wire with, with wide receivers or even quarterbacks you can't really do that with tight end or running back. So if you go Travis Kelsey one, and then you can pick, uh, let's see, Antonio Gibson two, or Najee Harris in the second round or something like that, uh, or heck, even Joe Mixon's there. I love Joe Mixon. I think there are worse things that you could do. And it, 
I mean, you know, I, I think it's a viable option. I really do. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I mean, I hear you, what you're saying too, Honeycutt, the value, you know, but I mean, Kelsey is just so far and above better than the other tight ends. It's, it's crazy. I mean, like that's, that's where I think the argument is, but so I, it would have taken, taken a lot for me to, for me to have picked Kelsey number one, this, you know, I would never take him one overall, but I think there is an argument to be made. Yeah. Argument. Yeah. Intern Steve, just let me know that I think he is currently, uh, he's currently 16, uh, 16 on, like points scored total, Kelsey, currently. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Um, and I mean, y'all guess who's number one on that list? Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. No, Cooper Cup. Yeah, I was about to say oh, it's yeah. got to. That's true. That's that's he, a good point. I, I should have said Kyler Murray because he would have been my other guess. He had a bad week this week, but um, he's three. He's three. Who, guess who's okay. number two? Guess who's number two? Someone on your team? No. Uh, We've talked about this guy like uh, old man. Tom Brady. Yes, Tom Brady is number yeah. two in points. Mm. Yeah, crazy, crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. He's got a lot of weapons. He's got a lot of he weapons. Does. He does. I don't know if it's going to slow down. And uh, so let me let me go real quick. Quick takeaway. Uh, as I was kind of looking through stuff, it was a strong. There were some strong backup running back uh, performances. Peyton Barber, which you mentioned, was he was on waivers or he was a free agent. Uh, 111 yards, one TD, three receptions, 31 yards. And the backup, I think this could be the the best like plug and play if you're if the running back is injured is Matson. I mean, he looked. I thought it was Dalvin Cook out there. They looked just alike. Uh, I couldn't tell the number, and I was like, "Is that Dalvin Cook? Is he? Did he not sit out? Is he playing?" And then it's actually. Madison. So 112 yards, six receptions, 59 yards off the six receptions, 24 points. So I just, you don't expect that from backup running backs. And that's what came in for week three. So I think it's a pretty cool takeaway. Yeah. They had a couple that were to your point, a couple of really good weeks from backups there. Well, okay. Let's run into top four uh, player rankings. Um, Going into quarterback, the guy we just talked about, the number one quarterback right now is Tom Brady. Number two is Kyler. Number three is Patrick Mahomes. And number four, this one shocked me a little bit. I like dug into it because it shocked me. I was like, are we sure? Number four is Kirk Cousins is the number four quarterback in fantasy right now. Everyone should try and pick up Kirk Cousins. He will win (laughs) you the league. He is so good. Everyone loves him. Oh, man. Hilarious. I, I just don't see that lasting very long. Anyways, uh, RBs. I mean, he's got weapons too. He, he, you know, is Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and Dalvin Cook. There are worse spots to be as a quarterback. It's true. They're putting up a lot of points. Uh, but our top four RBs, of course, as we mentioned, Derrick Henry, number two, the guy that we said is a sneaky in that is Aaron Jones, three, is DeAndre Swift. He's looking really good in Detroit backfield. And number four, even after an injury, still number four on this list. Crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Six points, I believe, he had last week because he got hurt, and he's still top four in running backs. That's amazing. Yeah. Yes. Yep. 
So of those guys, I don't expect Swift to stay in the top four. Um, CMC obviously is going to drop, but I think he'll be back into top 10 category, you know, once he comes back, just depending on how much time he misses. Um, he could even finish, I mean, depending on, really depending on how much time he misses. If it's only a couple weeks like they're expecting, he could he could come back maybe and, and climb back into the top four. But I don't think Swift will finish top four. I don't know. I'm kind of becoming a Detroit running back truther here. Oh, yes. I, I don't – I mean, they've got nothing. They've got nothing. I know. That's what I was so, saying. TJ Hawkinson and then uh, Swift and um, their other running back, the former Packer. Jamal, Jamal Williams. Williams. Yeah, yeah, Jamal Williams. I, I don't know, man. They, <laughs> Hawkinson had a bad week this week, but Swift and, and Williams are – Putting up numbers through three weeks, and it's pretty impressive. I'm shocked. Well, I mean, I don't think either of them are very good players, but here we are. Yeah, and I mean, like I was, I think I've said it in episode one or two, like I was starting to become a bigger believer and wanting to kind of keep up with this Detroit backfield. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, Swift is starting to get even more of the carries too, and so it's leaning heavier towards him, and I, I think he has the ability. Top five – a stretch i want to get one more in the mix there i was about to say that's not much of a stretch for no, me no 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 um but i think eckler i'm high on eckler i think he's going to sneak into that top four if mccaffrey falls out um and guys i gotta mention this he's killing me and he's still in the top 10 is patterson <laughs> he's he's still in the top 10 running backs this is nuts. how did he do this week oh, it's too good He's he did decent. He had uh, uh, let's see, he had sixteen points this week. Dang! By the way, Jamal Williams had fourteen point seven this week. Pretty good yes. for Jamal Williams too. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, Swift, yes, Swift and Williams might be very similar to you know Chubb and um, Hunt. Uh, okay, which, by so the I, was, way, I think Kareem Hunt is like running back eleven right now. No, he's he's higher. He's seven. Oh, dang. Uh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. He's seven on the list. So oh. it go it goes Henry, Jones, Swift, McCaffrey, Eckler, Harris, and Hunt. He's ahead of Chubb. Yes, he is. Where's Chubb? Chubb is 10. Okay. So I was working with intern Steve uh, last night looking at some backfields. So I'm going to give That's you That's why two. intern Steve wasn't helping me out. He was helping I'm you sorry. out. I'm sorry. Yeah, I had all this time. Mm. So I want you all to, to guess what backfields these two backfields are. So uh, the number one leading backfield has 106.3 points, and the second backfield is 98.2 points. What do you all think? Who's first? I mean, I have to assume, based on the numbers you just gave me, it's Detroit and then Cleveland. Bingo. Because, I mean, you have, you, you have two top two. Yeah, okay, so – Detroit, you've got DeAndre Swift, who's third, and Jamal Williams, who's 11. Is that what I said earlier? No, what's Jamal Williams? Sorry, hold on. Yeah, one second. he's 11. He's 11. Okay, okay. And then Chubb is, what, uh, 10 and Hunt 7? I mean, that's that's amazing that Detroit's outpacing that Cleveland backfield, which Chubb is a very good player. And I've, we, you know, I've said this probably every podcast, Cream Hunt is valuable. At, at the least as a flex flex option and maybe even as a running back two or one as he's shown over the first three weeks. But that's uh, that's amazing. No, of course. I would love to have Hunt as a number two running back. Absolutely love it. You could have. 
I know. I wish. But mm. that just – when I was looking at these numbers, that shocked me. I was like, okay, man, this Detroit backfield, like you said, there's nothing else there. Nothing. Yeah. Besides Hawkinson, and he hasn't really quite performed up to par yet. And so it's literally been Swift and Williams. Will that continue? I don't know. Is um, Dallas is Dallas backfield third? That was going to be my other guess. Is I thought you were trying to trick us, and so I was going to guess Dallas is number two. But um, I didn't go that far. But I would assume because Zeke is eight and uh, Pollard is eighteen. So that's yeah. They, they have they, like eighty nine. 90 points together. The only other one is um, Denver. Gordon and Williams have played really well together. Yeah. Uh, but I think I think Dallas might be third looking at those numbers. Yeah. But anyways, I just thought that was an interesting takeaway. Uh, the, the Detroit backfield might be for real. See how long they last. Hmm, uh, but crazy. Getting, getting back to our top fours, uh, wide receivers is Cooper Cup. Hanging in there strong. Uh, I mean, he is having some great fantasy football weeks. Uh, number two, also the sneaky play that we talked about last week that was just a uh, surprise, Mike Williams is for real. Number three is Tyler Lockett. And number four, my boy Devontae Adams is up in the top four now. That is awesome. Uh, y'all have any comments on wide receivers? Yeah, we'll talk more about Cooper Cup a little bit later too, but um... – he has 93.2 points, and Mike Williams, who's been killing it, is 78.5. So he's 14 points ahead of Mike Williams wow. through three weeks, which is yeah, insane. that's a huge margin, yeah. I mean, so it, literally any of the other guys in the top 10, to out, if let's just say Cooper Cup has a bad week and scores 15, which is a bad week for him, these guys have to score. Mike Williams would have to score 30. Lockett Adams would have to score 41 and 44. I mean, Justin Jefferson will have to score almost fifty to to out to to jump Cup in in the ranks. It's just nuts. Yeah, and I don't see him slowing down, man. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't either. But I mean, Mike Williams, man, he. I watched the Chargers a little bit, and I mean, he looks for real. He's not just the deep threat anymore. Like he's running slants. He's running like stopping turnaround. I'm. Mean, he's running everything. Yeah, I think both these top two guys are evidence of the importance of rapport with your quarterback. Because, mm-hmm. like, we Cooper Cup's been a good player for years, but one, I think Stafford's probably a better player than golf. But two, they've obviously got something going on between the two of them. And Herbert's new. Like, this is his second year, but, you know, this is his <clears> – <throat> he had an opportunity to get to know these players a little bit last year, but as he's – been with them more he's obviously developing something with Mike Williams and I think a third duo we can throw out there is Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow for sure yeah I mean they obviously have rapport Chase has four touchdowns I read he was the only wide receiver in the Super Bowl era to have three touchdowns or a touchdown over three games of over 30 yards so they're already setting records Burrow and Chase so I think especially in the top four, those two guys are really, really evidence of rapport with quarterbacks. And then I think you can throw that to last year with Justin Jefferson and um, Kirk Cousins. Jefferson started off real slow, but as he developed that rapport with Kirk Cousins, he obviously became a really good fantasy quarterback. Jefferson has started slow. He's about to say he had a pretty good game this week, right? Yeah, yeah, he did. Okay. Two weeks, really slow. Is he starting to pick that back up, getting better rapport with Kirk Cousins again? 
Um, but that's our wide receiver. And uh, I, like we were talking about earlier, I was expecting there to be a little bit of move on Travis Kelsey, like closing the gap, but no, not at all. No, no way. And Rob Gronkowski still number two, hanging in there with those early TDs that are going to carry him to top four for a while. And then yeah, he had, three, he had t- 9.5 fantasy points this week, which isn't terrible for a tight end, but I would have expected him to drop a little bit out of this number two slot, but he stayed there. Yep, still there. And then Darren Waller, the Waller. Frankly. Yes, correct. There was sorry. I think the, the only move that we had from last week was Hawkinson and Waller switched. So these top mm. four have remained the same two weeks in a row, or maybe three weeks in a row. I don't know. Yeah, because yeah, Hawkinson think- only scored three points this week. That was a that's a bad week. So it still remained in the top top four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's I I agree. I'm not sure anybody any other tight end is really going to crack this top four. And I mean, you look, Kelsey has ten more points than Gronk, who has nine more points than Waller and Hawkinson which is, I mean, just separates Kelsey even more from the crowd. I mean, you think about the guys who were below Hawkinson. You know, yeah, and, and if, y'all aren't, if y'all aren't looking at it right now, I want y'all to guess who's five, six, and seven. Uh, Kittle. Does anybody care about tight ends that much? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're important, though. Yeah. You gotta, you Kittle, gotta Kittle's, Kittle's a good one. I'm going to yeah. say um, – so y'all guess who is five Andrew, and six and seven? Andrews has not been great. No, I he I have him. I don't. Noah Fant, maybe. No. He doesn't oh, even crack geez. the top ten because of his big game this week. Maybe Dalton Schultz. Yes, he's number five. I wow. say yeah. Uh, and so then, Dalton and Schultz. Schultz. A guy, yeah, a guy we all would recognize. Kittle's at six, and then and seven then Logan Thomas maybe. Yes, he's sneaky. Okay. I did not expect that. Yeah, I think he's what's pretty been, consistent. Let me let me yeah, check real quick. What's been his week to week breakdown? 12, 9.5, 12.2. So, what's, yeah. I mean, that's pretty Hovering good. right around 10 points, 11 points. That'll it's good enough for 7th apparently. Yep. So, and that's that's the point. That goes back to the point we we're making earlier. The 7th best tight end is averaging 11 points, 11.2 points, and he's seventh best. The gap big, from Kelsey to seven is just ginormous. Big, big drop off. Yeah. I mean, when you have Dalton Schultz in the top five. Yeah. Kelsey's averaging 23 points. Number seven is averaging 11. That's insane. That That is nuts. Yeah. I mean, so that right there shows, shows the value, I think, for sure. Yeah. All right. Um, any other comments on top fours or takeaways from last week before we move on to the segment everyone is waiting for? I don't think so. I have more to say about Cooper Cup later. Me too. Um, okay, Will, hit us with week four power rankings. Tell the people what they want to hear. Where are they All at? Right. I think some people might be a little mad this week, but – We'll, we'll oh, see. You're going to give us a disclaimer? Ahead of time. Yeah. Because one one team in particular I know will be very frustrated, but I'll get to them in a second. All right, number one, this is the easiest thing in the world. Chubby Gurley's. They're the only 3 no team left. Um, Melvin Gordon is the 13th-ranked running back at his position, and no one else on his team is lower than 11th 
other than at tight end where they have Robert Tanyan. So they might want to look into some tight end help if they can. Uh, Mark Andrews is back up to Gronk. That might be a good option. Wink, wink. Um, but really, it'd be difficult to do at the expense of any of his starters. They're all very good. And we've talked about Cooper Cup ad nauseum, but he just continues to amaze. So easy. Well, and sorry to interrupt you there, but he just moved Jamar Chase in a starting lineup. And Right, which we, we mentioned. About, yeah, we, we yeah. talked about Jamar Chase uh, last week, I think. And, yeah, I mean, the, the guy's a good player. And like I mentioned, it always seems to take these rookie receivers a week or two to get going. And I think Jamar Chase, if I remember correctly, and they play the Jaguars on Thursday. I, yeah, It's hard to game. not think he's not going to score – some some nice points, especially if T. Higgins, which I think he will be. So, um, yeah, Chubby Gurley's will be in in good shape. And he has Hubbard on his bench. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's texting, another option. I was especially him tonight about Hubbard, and he was trying to get uh, Hubbard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, listen, here's here's the thing, and he's I'm, he's if he listens to this, so he might get mad at me because I was just giving him a hard time for his reasons for keeping Hubbard. He was like, he's like, no, I'm going to keep Hubbard until my my two starters bye weeks are done. I'm like, so you're waiting? I mean, so I, was, I asked him, do you think right. CMC is going to be hurt that long? And he said, what does CMC have to do with my team? And I'm like, he's Hubbard's or Hubbard is his backup. Unless you think CMC is hurt that long, Hubbard has literally no value as a as a fill in for a starter. So I was trying to get him. Like I can give you a, a better fill in for a week for a week eleven buy than Hubbard, and Hubbard help, gives me value in the short term. You know. Anyway, he was like he, he was not understanding my argument, but anyway, well, I will I will say two things. While he's probably a little sleep deprived at this point, so we'll give him a little <laughs> bit of pass there. He did but have number some two. <laughs> number two, a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then, and. Maybe this is just one of those cases where Wally stumbled into a really good team and didn't realize Chuba Hubbard does not start for the Carolina Panthers week in and week out. So who knows? Yeah, that's true. Uh, yes. All right. Next, we've got uh, Gangsta's Paradise. DeAndre Swift's playing well. And really, that's kind of what's really making this team formidable. I've talked about this team before. I don't think the running backs are good. I still don't. But... Uh, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, I'm kind of becoming a Detroit running back truther. So um, Hertz is a good fantasy option. Even this team is, even if the Eagles are terrible, um, but really Hertz, Kelsey and Swift make this team a really dynamic three headed monster. I don't know how they're doing it, but they're two to one. They're two and one and they're second in points four. and their only loss. This team's only loss was a heartbreaker against the girlies where they lost by half mm-hmm. a point in week one. So, yep. Uh, this team is is going to be a tough out, which I I don't I don't get, I really don't. But but DeAndre Swift is is proving me wrong. So um, third, here's the thing. One quick note there on yeah. on Jalen Hurts. I mean, y'all watched the game, and I after the game, I was I was just looking at you know Hurts and Dak and seeing how they scored, and I was I was shocked that Hurts mm-hmm. outscored Dak. I mean, he looked terrible. But his floor is so high. Yep. That with his with that he I mean with his legs. I mean he he just was there's I mean you watch the game and you're like, there's no way Hertz did better than Dak, but he outscored Dak. It's crazy. I will say, yeah, we've talked about his floor's really high and that, that matters. 
I was not surprised that he outscored Dak because the Cowboys were just able to run the ball down yeah, the Eagles' uh-huh. throats, and your boy needed CeeDee Lamb to score some points, and <laughs> the Cowboys never threw the ball. So I was not surprised <laughs> by that. But I understand why you might be because, again, the Eagles looked terrible. Um, yeah, and lastly, right. that, was, that was the same point I was going to make. I mean, he still points and for yeah. a fantasy quarterback. So Paradise is just in a good position with Kelly. Swift, Hopkins had a down week, and yeah. he still pulled away the win. So, I mean, team looks yeah looks pretty good. Yeah, and then number three, we have no keepers. They're still third in points four. They had a bad week this week. Hawkinson and Shepard did not produce, but there is some been just anonymous the first two weeks. Uh, actually, had an okay game as as did Tyler Boyd. Now. T. Higgins was out. How much of an impact did that have? I don't know. Um, but maybe they can move one of those guys into the flex because that was a problem for them uh, this week, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and they, Or maybe they could package a couple of those guys up and get a really, really solid player to step in. Um, I think Omar is a little high on Sterling Shepard. He's gotten a lot of targets the first two weeks, but 3.6 points, especially against that Atlanta defense, is, is a tough pill to swallow. I thought um, he got hurt. Did he get hurt? Oh, is that is that what happened? Yeah, he's. You're right. He you're right. You're right. You're right. Might be. It's on me. Um. All right. Next, we have Funky Town fellas. They fallen on some hard times. Uh, they're still fourth in points four. Now that is in large part bolstered by their huge week one performance. Mm-hmm. Um. But uh, they've just had a. They just played better teams the past couple weeks. And they're in a tough spot with the flex. Rondale Moore scored 2.4 points this week, so they really need to figure out that flex spot. Um, Henry Ruggs scored 12, 12.5 and has had a couple games with double-digit points. Maybe he's the answer there, but they really need to figure something out there because that's been that's been tough. Um, fifth is run CMC. They're really only down because McCaffrey was hurt. You know, these are power rankings. They're not standings, so I think right now this team is not as high as they would normally be. Um, they're six in points four, and again, some of that's because McCaffrey got hurt and only scored six points, which we all think he would have scored more than that. Um, but I think this team will just kind of float around this spot, assuming they perform as expected until McCaffrey gets back, and then expect them to jump up a few more spots. Uh, six is Daddy Kyle. I've talked about this team from the start. I thought this was a really good team. I think they might have been like third in my preseason power rankings. They've really come along the past two weeks. Um, and they were third before Mostert got hurt, and he has since been hurt. So um, they got a huge win this week. No keepers who prematurely celebrated uh, in the group text, by the way. Uh, Jefferson had a great week. Zeke had a nice week this week, as did George Kittle. Um, and they won the fight despite the fact that James White had 0.6 points. Yeah. Um, and like I said earlier, you know, this is a lesson learned. Everyone knows in fantasy football, you have to play Detroit running backs. They are money. <laughs> um, now they're still, this team, Daddy Kyle, still a little bit low in like points four compared to the teams around them in the power rankings. But that's really due to their atrocious week one number where they scored, I think, 60-something points. So I think this is a really good team. I think they're a team to watch. Uh, number seven, this team had a fantastic week. They were first in points scored this week. They're one and two, 
but thanks to Devonte Adams and James Robinson, they had a as well as DK Metcalf, they had a really nice win. Um, they have a tough matchup this week against Run DMC, who is surprisingly two and one, uh, and scored quite a bit of points this week. Um, so they'll have to replicate that efforts if they want to uh, want to continue to win. One thing to note here, though. I would like to point out that San Francisco. Did any of you watch the San Francisco Packers game? Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I watched every minute of it. <laughs> Here's what I do not understand, and maybe someone who knows football a little bit can explain this to me. There's what 36 seconds left when the Packers get the ball, and obviously Aaron Rodgers is going to get some yards. Aaron Rodgers is going to make some plays, but here's what I don't understand. If I'm San Francisco, the one person I do not let catch the ball is Devontae Adams. And yet, on the last drive, I think Devontae Adams had three catches, probably went for 60 yards, and got like nine total points added to his total in 30 seconds. Oh, how sweet it was. And I don't understand why as San Francisco's defense let that happen. Now, obviously, I'm very bitter. The funny thing was, it wasn't that he was guarded. He was wide open. He was he was wide open. Wide and open. I, it was, was unbelievable. Like, I was like, keep it was throwing unbelievable. it to him. Keep getting me points. This is great. And so that's what I don't understand, right? Like I get you're playing zone, you're playing soft, whatever. But he's Devontae Adams. He is by far the best wide receiver that the Packers have. He is by like he's incredibly dangerous without the ball in his hands, with the ball in his hands, whatever. Why are you letting him touch the ball? I don't understand. I don't I don't get it. I understand it. It costs them the game and they deserve it. Way to go, San Francisco. Anyways, I'm obviously very bitter. I'm bitter about several players, but that's one of them. That killed me. Well, right. Although I, was, I would say I would say that it's not unlike him to have that that score. No, no, you're absolutely the context how, how, of how the game went that I made get, me yeah. crazy. I was going I insane, and I was. <clears throat> I'm about CD Lamb playing on, and I was like, "There, no, he's gonna, he's." Gonna ask I'm about I'm about to hit up that in just a second. So, okay. um, next is the Willingham Falcons. Look at that. Uh, you might be thinking, this team is 0-3. Why are they eighth in the power rankings? This is a great point. But this past week, they scored the second most points. And the week before that, they scored the fourth most points. Now, you can't completely discount their terrible week one performance. But we all knew that this team would start slow because Saquon Barkley was on the team. Najee Harris is a rookie. Julio Jones is in a new spot, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> This is a really good team, but time is really running out. The good thing is only one team is 3-0 like we talked about. They have Daddy Kyle this week. They'll need a max effort if they want to get in the win column at all. And there's really been no cupcakes for this team so far as they're first in points against. And there is only one team within 20 points. That's Matty Ice. So this team has by far had the toughest schedule so far. Um, And, in fact, some teams have almost 100 points against less than the Falcons mm-hmm. and that's DMC and CMC. So you too, there you go. So real and quick, then the last note, sorry, real go ahead, quick, Will, um, where do you fall in points for 
Do you know that off the top of your head? As far no, as no, but I can pull it up really fast. I can tell you, I have it. Because oh, I'm looking at it. Go. I'm looking at it right now. I, I I'm just as far as he's eighth. Yeah. Okay. And again, I, I, if you if you eliminate, which isn't completely fair to do, and I wouldn't do this, that abysmal week one performance, which is really that falls kind of out of the statistically significant category in the Willis Cool system. It it should be higher than that. But anyways. Well, and I, so I know the person I'm I'm speaking on behalf of my team here, but um, Daddy Kyle, who's one spot ahead, it really bad week one. But I have them, I have them by seventy point, and they're ahead of me. Just yeah, Honeycutt and he and Honeycutt has him in points against too. So here's the thing about Honeycutt that I want everyone to understand. Honeycutt is the ultimate nitpicker when it comes to the power rankings. He always texts me and he's like, why am I here? Why am I here? There's a simple answer, Honeycutt. Your team is not as good as Daddy Kyle's according to the Willis School system, which is why you're seventh. Now, you have more points for. Again, that week one was terrible. Daddy Kyle's a better team, I think, under the Willis School system. So everyone just know Honeycutt's the ultimate nitpicker. Well, but but in week one – you know, I had this many points, but he had less. But then in week three, it was this and this. No, Honeycut. No. How many times no. have I texted you this year about power? This year, none, because we talk about it on the podcast every time. Y'all, exactly. every time after we finish the podcast, Honeycut's like, Will, I can't believe you had me this ranked. Will, I can't believe you had me this oh, ranked. That's no, happened I, so far I, and I in the preseason. Not. Believe it because it's after we say – I don't listen to fantasy football. Oh, let me podcast. let me speak Anyways. in here as a, as a mediator because uh, one we don't I, have time for this. Let me move on. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll back up, uh, back up, uh, Maddie Ice here, and he has not said that after for every podcast, but Thank I will you. back up the the Millennium Falcons and the Willis School System because this week I have put together the John is cool system. And I have mm. Matty Ice and the boys ranked ninth in my power rankings. So. Ooh. Ooh. I don't I don't know what you're creating over there, but that I, I like the Will is cool system is great. I will keep that. It's it's working well. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. The the I can well explain it later. Maybe we can get into it another another week, but um I feel decent about my power rankings. So Okay. Well, there you go. You're you ninth. Know, it's formula driven. It's formula driven for me. It's more math than anything. So, cool. And uh, my last note on the Millennium Falcons that I was going to say is uh, C.D. Lamb, Debo Samuel, and uh, Julio Jones all had terrible weeks this week, and they still still scored the second most points. And we've talked about those guys before. And I think especially with the Dallas Cowboys game, the game flow did not help CD Lamb at all. Amari Cooper, I think, had less than six points. Like, it's just a tough week for Dallas Cowboy receivers because that Eagles team was so bad and all the Cowboys had to do was run the ball with Zeke and Tony Pollard. They did not throw it all. They were running it down their throat. So that didn't help the Falcons. Um, tough week. Points. Now, number nine. And this is the team that I mentioned that would be kind of mad about this. So number nine is hold my cooks. They're two and one. Uh, and you might be thinking, well, why are they number nine? They are two and one. They just won against Birdman, LOL. Um, 
but they've been worse in points scored than both Daddy Kyle and the Falcons in the past two weeks. They're seventh total in points for, and again, Daddy Kyle and the Falcons had really, really bad week ones. So if they score even close to what they've, if the Falcons, Daddy Kyle score even close to what they did the past two weeks, this team's in ninth in points for. Brandon Cooks has been amazing, and this team has had some players on the bench do well, but they need to put up more points with their starters if they want to climb the rankings. I think they're capable, but they just need to make it happen. I think Cooks is seventh in points for. That's what I said. Yeah. You said ninth just now. You said seventh first. And then no. Ninth well, what, I'm, what I meant was if Daddy Kyle and the William Falcons scored even close to what they've done the past two weeks in week one, this oh, team would be take, ninth. I see. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. That's what I was saying. So, and it's not a, you know, huge leap for that to happen because I think on average, that's what's going to happen for the rest of the year. So, right. Um, Team is two and one. You know they're in a good spot for the playoffs. There's still a lot to go. They can absolutely prove that they deserve to be higher in the rankings. Um, they just haven't shown it yet and have played some weak competition, especially this week. Birdman. We'll get to him in a second. Uh, another team that will probably be very mad that they're uh, this low. Number ten is Run DMC. They're two and one, but they're ninth in, in points scored, um, and they have a tough matchup against Matty Ice this week. Uh, but, y'all, there's some good news. Uh, Kyler Murray did not outscore Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen this week, so that's really good. Uh, I'm sure DMC is grateful that McCaffrey got hurt. That helped him out this week. Um, but admittedly, it would have been tough though, to climb anyway. They ended up winning by 30 points. Um, and, you guys, Mixon had a great week by his standards. He had 10 points. So, way to go, Jim Mixon. Uh, you're really carrying this team. By the way, by the way, I was looking at the week four uh, projections. Guess how many points Joe Mixon oh, I is saw projected this. to score this week? It's absurd. 20. It's absurd. 20. 20.07. Now, I will say, if there is a week where Joe Mixon can have a really good game, they're playing the Jaguars, and everyone knows the Jaguars are probably the worst yeah. Or one of the worst teams in the NFL. So maybe that prediction isn't so far-fetched. However, you have other really good running backs who are far and away better players than Joe Mixon, where a matchup doesn't really matter who are projected to score less than Joe Mixon. And to me, that's crazy. But anyways, I just thought that was really funny. All right. Uh, 11th is Birdman. The kicker had the third most points this week. <laughs> That's all you really need to know. Also, lineup wasn't set. Not cool. Not Taking cool. after uh, his best bestie, you know, Jervis, not setting his lineup. I wasn't going to go there, but you I'll did. go there. I'll yeah, go there you go. Um, and then lastly, this team is just terrible. The Big Easy. Uh, this team has one win. And they have, by quite a bit, the fewest points for. Even Le- who had 60 points in week one. Um, I don't really know how this team won a game, but they did. And they're ahead of me in the standings. So, you know, that's a huge, huge bummer. But they have 293 points for. The next closest team is 326, and that's CMC, which that's huge. That's, uh, what is that? 
Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's not right. I was reading no, the wrong column. That's points against. Next closest, yeah. I think, is Daddy Kyle at 318. Yeah, and Daddy Kyle had that terrible week one, and he's still over 20 points ahead of, of the Big Easy over three weeks, which isn't very much. So um, get it together. Get it together, Monty. And those are the power rankings. Get it hyped. Run through them again see, real quick. The, the I see some texts text in the group uh group chat this week with some consternation about the rankings but here they are one more time chubby girlies clear cut number one gangsters number two keepers number three funky town fellas number four uh they need to step it up by the way they run cmc number five daddy kyle number six maddie ice number seven the falcons number eight hold my cooks number nine run dmc number 10 birdman 11 and the big easy coming in last at number 12 nice all right, and that is our week four power rankings for the FLFFFL podcast. All right, maybe let's spout out some top performers from last week. We've talked a little bit about it in our uh, our takeaways, but uh, maybe Lassie, we'll start with you. What's your top performers from last week? Yeah, so uh, two guys. Josh Allen is back, it appears. I mean, he had 358. Uh, 358 passing yards, five touchdowns, uh, total touchdowns, and 37.9 points. And he was on the bench. And he was on the oh. bench. Literally had that written right next to my note here. He oh. was on the bench. That could have helped. For, who who was he benched for? Um, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. Man, yeah. <laughs> that is tough. That is a tough break right there. I mean, and, and that was like 20 points right there for Big Easy. That yeah. you could add to your total, yeah. And then, okay, my other guy. We've talked about him a lot this this year. Uh, we talked about him a lot today already, and it is Cooper Cup. He had nine receptions on twelve targets for ninety six yards, two touchdowns, thirty point six points, just insane. So I want to I want to put so you know I I did some math here. This is what I wanted to talk about for him. He is on pace. Okay, on pace. And again, this act isn't going to happen because it'd be absolutely absurd and like the craziest fantasy season by far for any wide receiver ever. He's on pace for 142 receptions, 2,080 yards, and 28 touchdowns. If he kept up this pace, which is, he won't obviously keep up that pace, but I ran some numbers. Okay. If he kept up 60% of that pace the rest of the way. He would have 348 fantasy points by the end of the year. If he kept up 70% of it, he'd have 391 fantasy points by the end of the year, which is the best wide receiver fantasy season ever. That's crazy. By six points. Randy Moss in 2007 had 385. Marvin Harrison in 2002 had 382. Antonio Brown had a couple good seasons in there. I mean, like, and then Michael Thomas, who's like probably the most recent had 372 that year he was really good and so cup would be 348 if he was just 60 percent of that pace or 70 percent at 391 just insane he is putting up crazy numbers that's wild all right let's camp good on that stuff. for a second good stuff yeah that's great yeah let's camp there maybe real quick let's let's all throw out a prediction where do we think cooper cup is going to end the season like point wise I think we kind of did this last week when we said if we they would drop him off or that top four ranking who would drop him off, and I think I said Cooper Cup would if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. I think I'm wrong. 
just so we're clear. Yes. He hits 350. So I was going to go over 352, yeah. Yeah, I, was, I just I just typed in some numbers here. I think, you know, I, I was guessing maybe he gets to 100 receptions, maybe 1,300 yards and 20 touchdowns, which is 350. So, um, and I think that's conservative, if I'm honest. I, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, man. It's conservative, and it would probably – I mean, I, I can't imagine anyone outscore him this year. So it's conservative, and he would probably still be by far the best fantasy wide receiver, which would be crazy. He, I think he has the potential to break break the record of the best wide receiver season. I mean, I think he's which what was nuts. it again, John? Three three eighty five was Randy Moss in two thousand seven, and so again, that's not that's not our scoring. You know that we we give a little bit of a bo- boost for over hundred yard games. Um, that was just what I found quickly on CBS Fantasy. So. And that was just that was just like PPR standard, PPR. right? Regular standard PPR, okay. yeah. Well, we'll just have wow. to consult that, that at the end of the year and see if that if he passes it up. But yeah, that yeah, year that's... Rant Moss had ninety-eight receptions for almost fifteen hundred yards and twenty-three touchdowns. Jeez, just a t- crazy, crazy tear. So that is insane. We'll keep revisiting it probably every single week. I just don't see it slowing down. So, uh, okay, for myself, uh, top performer for week three is Mike Williams. I'm on the Mike Williams train. He just looks legit. 34.2 points, seven receptions, nine targets, 122 for two TDs. Just looks like a beast out there. Um, wish I had him on my team. Me too. Was he on the bench this week? I think he was on the bench this week, right? And I, I, do, so. I believe that was the case. For uh, for Hold My Cooks, right? Mm-hmm. Another big point. Could have gave him some big points. And then, all right, I'll go real quick. Um, Mine are pretty simple, but it's two running backs who haven't really been performing as you would expect them to uh, earlier on in the season. Um, But they definitely have been, or definitely did this week. It was Saquon Barkley and Zeke Elliott. Zeke. I mean, like I said, the Eagles look terrible, but Zeke took complete advantage. 17 carries, 95 yards, two touchdowns. He also had three receptions for 21 yards. Really, really nice game. And then Saquon Barkley, this is probably his first uh, game where he really kind of seemed, at least in part, like his old self. He had 15 carries for 51 yards, which isn't great, but he did score a touchdown. And then this is where he added value, six receptions for 43 yards. Uh, and he played a ton of snaps. So um, I think watch him moving forward because if as he gets more confident on those legs, that 15 carries for 51 yards I think will will improve and you'll see him really round into form, especially if he's on the field as much as he has been the last couple of weeks. Yeah, he looks much better. He's, he's closer. He's closer yeah. for sure. Yeah. All right, that's our top performers for week three. Are, are we ready to hop into – Review for week four. We ready for that? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Will, you want to run us through the matchups? Yeah, let's do it. So, the first matchup is the Millennium Falcons versus Daddy Kyle. Uh, We've talked about Daddy Kyle. I think they're a really good team. The Millennium Falcons have definitely been trending upwards, scoring more points each week, and key players getting better and better. Saquon Barkley and Najee Harris specifically. Um, And they found. 
what seems to be an answer at quarterback in Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in this matchup, I really think one team is more talented than the other. One team has more depth than the other. And one team has scored more points every week than the other one, except for this week. I think Daddy Cal gets it done this week. I think Jefferson has a huge weekend again this weekend, and that pushes Daddy Kyle over the edge. I'm thinking 30 points for uh, Justin Jefferson, so Daddy Kyle gets the win. Wow. Man, I'm a little speechless. I'm shocked on that one. Actually, really shocked. Why is that? Because I'm going the complete opposite direction. I'm doubling down on Falcons this week. Uh, (sighs) And and here's my – prediction i think samuel plus lamb will be 48 plus points debo and cd over 48 huh yep so yeah i think uh we'll, we'll make note of that i uh i'm gonna go with the falcons here too i think it's another boom week for them um i think it brings them their first victory of the season so mm-hmm. let's, let's bring that home Willenium falcons i think julio is he uh, is he in? Is he going to be out? I know AJ Brown's out. He's questionable still. Okay. I haven't heard so yeah. if Julio plays, he's up for more work. Obviously, with AJ Brown being out, um, Gronk. Uh, I think Gronk and Brady are going to be on a revenge tour, uh, playing the, the Pats. So looking for Gronk to have a big week. CD Lamb, I think, is going to have a big week. Mm-hmm. Um, for Daddy Kyle, I think Ridley and Kittle have been pretty underwhelming. The running backs not named Zeke are a problem. Uh, overall, I don't think they have enough firepower to take down the Falcons. And my bold prediction, uh, Carr and Barkley outscore Rodgers and Zeke by 12-plus points. That is pretty big. That by the way, we, we haven't talked about this player at all, but especially the last two weeks, he's been phenomenal. Najee Harris. Oh, I was about to say that. He looked really good. Yeah, week. started off real slow. They played Buffalo week one. He got six points. Uh, but he, he, you know, scored a touchdown last week, had five receptions and 43 yards. And then this week he had 14 carries. He had 14 receptions for over 102 yards. Yeah. For over 102 yards. So, uh, this guy might be a problem for teams. Like he's on the field all the time for Pittsburgh. Yeah. And if he gets, well, he he had 19 targets. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That he's looking nuts. probably at he's probably looking at ten to fifteen targets every week, easy. So we you want to talk about high floor? This guy might have outside of let's say Aaron Jones, Chris McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, and Kamara. This guy might have the highest floor of all of them because he's going to get a lot of targets. He's going to catch a lot of balls, and uh, I think he might be a really nice piece for this Falcons team moving forward. Oh, had him as the rookie of the year. I, I think it might have been me, but I can't remember. I, I think that's true. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, maybe intern Steve can look that up for us. But I obviously drafted him because I was pretty high on him. Because I, I, I do mean, think like, I like Pittsburgh running backs. Pittsburgh running backs seem to just produce like. You had Le'Veon Bell for years was phenomenal. Then you moved on to James Conner, who was really good when he was healthy, and then he kind of fizzled out, and they needed someone else to step in, and Najee Harris has seemed to fill that forward really, really oh. well. So, Oh, yeah, and Big Ben is not down. He, oh, he loves the check down. Yeah, dude, that's that's his bread and butter. 
Plus, he probably can't throw further than ten yards anymore. So, you know, just got a uh, just got a note from intern Steve and Honeycutt did pick um, yeah. Harris as his rookie of the year, but he also and so did Will pick not uh, Kyle Pitts. Not doing too great. Oh, yeah. and I have missed. I've missed on 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 both of mine. I, I had Javante Williams and Justin Fields and league winner Justin Fields. <laughs> league winner Which Justin winner. Fields. Did not. By the way, I, I I dropped him. Because uh, yeah, he was terrible. So well, you're going to lose why, the league now. Well, yeah, apparently so. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, let's get back. I to... I literally watched I, just to say about Justin Fields. I watched three plays of that game, and he got sacked all three plays. <laughs> yeah, he really had no shot. I mean, look, bad. he did not look good, but you know, he wasn't. Yeah, he had no shot. By the way, let's get back to Kyle Pitts for a second. For the record, he's tied in 15, averaging 8.3 points. If we realize – yeah, and if we look at who was seventh in the tight end rankings, who do we talk about? Uh, It was – oh, I don't remember. Thomas. Thomas. Logan Thomas, and he's averaging – Logan Thomas Thomas is a total of like 10 points before the season, so – Let's uh, pump the brakes on not saying Kyle Pitts is going to be a solid rookie of the year. Just pump the brakes. Just saying, Just I feel saying. like he came in with a lot of hype. I, I agree. I mean, he still has a chance, but he came in with a lot of hype and has not performed. He, he hasn't hype. He hasn't quite hit that yet. Yeah, you're true, you're right of course. But, but also, it's, he, it no, takes not even not even not rookie. quite. I don't think he's gotten close to the hype he came in with. I mean, people were drafting me as tight end four. Yes, this year. Like, but he's not. Close I do to remember. That. I do remember hearing people say that tight end is one of the hardest positions to come in as a rookie and be per, perform well. Exactly. I, I so why was yeah. everybody so high on him? I mean, like, people were high on Hawkinson last year, and that he did. Yeah. He was not a good this year. Like, you know what I mean? I just don't. I don't understand. I, I understand what you're. I understand what you're saying. A hundred percent. Saying is, I think there's still time for him to perform really, really well. Maybe not reach that hype. Maybe reach that hype. Like who knows? Maybe the second half of the year he's tied in number three behind Kelsey and I don't know Gronk or something like. Would that make you feel better or think he's? I mean, oh, yeah. reached that hype. Sure, yeah. If he finishes that yeah. high, I just don't. That's what I'm saying. Like well. again, Justin Jefferson started slow. Najee Harris had six points his first game. Like I think it just takes rookies a few games to figure it out. But once they figure it out there's a really good shot they could be really productive for your team. So I th- Yeah, I, th- I just think there's still more time with that one. There's still more yeah. Time. I mean, I'm of this opinion with all rookies. I assume they're not going to help me until the second half of the season. Yeah. I, I draft him. Except for well, Najee. Even, even Najee, I didn't think he would score 30 points his third game. Like, I, you know, I just think you got to – if you're going to draft a rookie, you got to think, okay, this is going to – pay off big time in the second half of the season. And if it does any, and if it produces before that, like with Najee Harris, that's Lanya. It's great. Yeah. Okay. Let's get back on track with our power with the matchup preview. All right. Next we, we have cooks versus gangsters. Uh, this one, honestly, is a really tough pick for, you know, I love the Detroit running backs. Um, but I really have a hard time believing that DeAndre Swift and David Montgomery are going to be as good as they've been so far this year for the gangsters. Um, so I think I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to stay with gangsters, though. Hurts has to keep up with Kansas City, and 
that, I think that means he scores a lot of points because he's got to keep up with that Kansas City offense, who, by the way, are probably going to hang 100 on Philly because Philly's terrible. So I'm going to go with Gangsters. I think uh, I think Hurts is the difference here. really like Paradise this week, Gangsters Paradise. Um, and I am actually going to call – so obviously I'm going Paradise, but Paradise leads the league this week in scoring. Hmm. And Kelsey and Swift both score their highest totals of the year individually this week. Two calls on that one, huh? Yep. I like it. I'm doubling, doubling, doubling down on Paradise. Awesome. I'm going to go with uh, Ganks is also um, hurts. We've talked about him. He has such a high floor. He played horrible against Dallas and still scored 20 points. I mean, horrible, like football wise. He just was not a great, you know, didn't mm-hmm. do great, but still scored 20. Swift has been really good. Montgomery has been okay. Kelsey's obviously a beast. OBJ, I think, looked pretty good. And I think Hopkins is due for a big game. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with the gangsters and my bold prediction. Maybe it's not so bold. I've heard some people down on Lamar this week, but I think uh, Jalen Hurts outscores Lamar. Nice. You, you like that pick. <laughs> Did you like do that I, last week? Stafford outscored Lamar last week, yeah. So sticking with it. Down on Lamar. Down on Lamar. All right, next we have Chubby Girlies versus Funky Town Fellas. Uh, I've talked about Funky Town Fellas. I think it's a good team, but you don't pick against Alabama, and you don't pick against the Chubby Girlies (laughs) until they give me a reason to give me the Girlies. Thank you for not saying that you don't pick against Georgia. Yes. Oh, I always pick against Georgia, and I'm always right. (laughs) So I'm going to go with Chubby, too. I'm going to go with him until they lose, probably. Um, I think, Lassie, you may have the same uh, call that I'm going to call here. Okay. But uh, I'm going to I'm gonna continue to roll with Cup, Cooper Cup, and he continues his dominance, and he has another week above 30. 30-plus. 30 and then this is my sneaky one for this team. I And this person's going to be on the bench, and it probably doesn't have any relevance at all. But – um, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have his first 20-point fantasy week this week. Against the Bengals tomorrow night, Thursday night. They're going to be slinging some passes around. Okay. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Chubby Girlies also. Um, I, I really wanted to pick against them just because, I mean, I, I you know, I think I, I feel like they're – Every week I felt like they are scoring above their norm, but they keep scoring a lot. And they've outscored the next team by 50 points through three weeks. And, by the way, they've outscored Monty by over 160 points. And and, <laughs> and Wally invited Monty to the league. Just to, yeah, just to beat him up. <laughs> Wally, I'm sorry. So, I did not know this was Wally's plan to just make you a – Cupcake oh. for him. I'm sorry, I didn't know that. So yeah, Chubby is hard hard to to argue with. Um, I think he takes it from Funky Town this week. And again, uh, as Honeycutt said, my predictions: Cooper Cup gets his third consecutive 30 plus point game. Will he stop? By the way, speaking of that Jaguars uh, Bengals game tomorrow night, my sister in law lives in Cincinnati, so she got my son a little Joe Burrow jersey, so he's going to work to school tomorrow. Nice. nice. It's, it's it's adorable. Just thought I'd throw that out there. That's um, next. Next Supporting we have Matty Ice. LSU Tigers. That's right. That's right. They are 
the greatest quarterback wide receiver duo of all time, Joe Burrow and Jamal Chase, already. It's obvious. Um, all right, next we have Matty Ice versus Run DMC. I'm obviously joking. Um, I think Matty Ice is the better team, but Joe Mixon has a huge week. Oh, don't do it. Yes, he, he has like 11 <laughs> points, and DMC oh. pulls off the win and uh, provides a boost uh, to his defense of terrible Joe Mixon. So give me, give me DMC this week. And your bold prediction is Joe Mixon scores 11. Double digits, baby. Double digits. <laughs> Huge week. Huge. So nine less than his projected amount. Which is, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like, yeah, I get it. The Jaguars are terrible. That's a that's a terrible prediction by ESPN. Yep. Like, do they even have humans look at this stuff and be like, eh, I don't think that's right. You know what I mean? Well, it's, everyone loves Joe Mixon for some reason, remember? We well, talked about so this. like ESPN, ESPN has a history of this. When LSU won the national title in 2019, football power index had them third. I'm like, does anybody look at this stuff? Give me a break. <laughs> Same with this Joe Mixon prediction. Anyways. All right. Last okay, I'll go. Uh, I'm going to pick Matty Ice over Run DMC. Um, and Adams tops his previous week's performance this week. It's happening. He should that would be a huge week. week and very disheartening for DMC if that happens. I know it happened to me. Mm-hmm. I'm believing it's going to happen twice. So, yeah, I'm uh... – I'm going to go Matty Ice too. I can't seem to win with Matty Ice. I pick him and he loses. I don't pick him and he wins. So I'm going to pick him this week over DMC. Shoot, Metcalf, don't Metcalf and Adams are going to have big weeks. Wilson and Robinson I think will do well. Kamara is like the only bright spot on run DMC, and, and Matty Ice is going to take this one. I don't really have a and, and yet DMC's two and one. So, you know. Yeah, well, you know. Who knew? All right. Next, we have Big Easy two and versus... one. But I don't. I don't. I think if 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 CMC is fully healthy, I don't think he wins that week. You know, this week. So uh, he did. He did win by thirty. So that is. But would, is it totally? Would... Is it totally crazy if this week we're talking about how Christian McCaffrey went off for thirty six? No, probably. But not. it's also more unlikely than it is likely. So, mm-hmm. anyways, next we have Big Easy versus Bird Toilet Bowl. Uh, I'm going to go with Big Easy. Bird stays winless, along with the Falcons, as Bird forgets to set his lineup again. So, Bird, please set your lineup. Um, Please do that, because you could have won last week. If you don't don't set your lineup, Honeycutt and Lassie are going to forget about you again. And no one wants that. (laughs) That's true. No one wants that. We don't want to forget about you, Bird, man. Don't want to. All right, I'm going with Big Easy as well. And okay, this is this is pretty crazy. Uh, this is a pretty bold prediction. I think maybe not so much, but I think Allen and Henry is going to outscore quarterback through tight end for Birdman. Wow. <laughs> wow. I think Allen is going to repeat performance from last week, and Henry's going to have a big week, and that is going to outscore. Back through tight end, so not including flex. Quarterback through tight end of Birdman. Okay, man. So I was gonna pick uh, pick easy at at first, but I changed um, mid podcast um, to Bird. So it's a, it's a tough pick. Neither team is really doing great. Uh, 
Birdman's team is is Matthew Stafford and Dalvin Cook and nobody else. Waller hasn't been that great. He's still tied in three, I think, but I don't feel like he's been himself. Woods stinks. Uh, I might start Patterson over Tyson Williams. Um, <laughs> Big Easy isn't much better, and it's basically Allen and Henry and nobody else. But I'm still going to go with Birdman to get his first W. And I think Matt Stafford and Dalvin Cook, if he's healthy and plays, I'm going to do that little caveat because obviously not really fair if he doesn't play. But I think Stafford and Cook, if Cook is healthy and plays, outscore Allen and Henry. Nice. Mm. Okay. All right, last but not least, we have no keepers versus CMC. Uh, I think this is a completely different game if Christian McCaffrey plays. It doesn't look like he's going to play, so I'm going to go keepers. Um, I think they're better without when when the, when CMC doesn't have McCaffrey, but I think this team's shorthanded, and I would not necessarily say this would be the same outcome if McCaffrey were playing. So, but I'm going to go keepers. Yes, I agree. It's just unfortunate. Sorry, owner of Run DMC or Run CMC. Um, it's going to be a few tough tough weeks without McCaffrey, and also. I think you could have gotten by if Cook was out longer with Madsen. But if Cook comes back, he probably won't be the same. So I'm going with no keepers. Um, and But with the caveat, I, I, Omar, some advice for you. I would start Tyler Borg this week because I believe he's going to get 15-plus in this Jags-Bengals uh, matchup. And I don't think T. Higgins is expected to play. So exactly. if that's the case, I think you're absolutely right about that. Yeah. So yeah. Omar start Boyd over Shepard, please. Yeah, I'm uh, unfortunately going to have to go against my team this week. No keepers is going to take this one. Injuries have decimated run CMC. I mean, we have CMC out. Jacobs has been injured. Judy and Gallup are both out. Those are, are, are just, you know, those first three, especially CMC, Jacobs, and Judy are, are viable starters week in and week out. Um. I think that my only chance at winning is if Jacob plays uh, and Gaskin does does more than he's ever done before. Um, <laughs> which That's is asking gonna, a lot. Right? Yeah. It's ask, it's, so it's, 12 points? What is yeah. that? 12 points? <laughs> Something like that? So um, no keepers is going to be too much to handle this week. My bold prediction is Hawkinson uh, finishes tight end one or two for week four and scores 20 plus. Yeah. Hey, real quick. Have you kept up with Cook? Is, is Cook going to play this week? I think he's still questionable, so I'm not sure. And then what about Jacobs? Are you sure on Jacobs? There has been no update on Jacobs since Sunday. I'm so frustrated. I don't Cause, know. I mean, Barber looked pretty – he looked pretty good last week, so he could be sneaking in Yeah, there but, if, like, is that just a one-off thing? I mean, I picked him up because of that, but is that just a one-off, you know, John Gruden randomly likes Peyton Barber for one game kind of thing? That would happen to me is I pick him up, I start yeah. him, and then Kenyon Drake goes off for 25 you know, it's very true, man. Kenyon Drake is just kind of falling off everybody straight arm. Yeah. But anyways, just curious about that. Omar start Tyler Boyd, please. All Hopefully right, guys. we release this before the game tomorrow night. So Omar could hear that. Yes. <laughs> I hope so. But maybe not. Right. Who knows? Omar, sorry. Might be late so advice. Just to give yeah. you guys a little update here on last week or on our records and last week, Will and I are both five and seven. <laughs> What's up? And Matthew's four and eight. All so, right, ooh. right there. 
making some um, ground up. We are unanimous on Gangsta's winning, on Chubby winning, and on No Keepers winning. So, okay. And then uh, our bold predictions uh, last week: Will said Henry would be held to under seventeen points. Was wrong. He said Mike Williams and Cooks would be a bust. Was also wrong. Yep. Kyler outscores Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert. Was wrong. Saquon did get seventeen more or more than seventeen points. Go Saquon. Uh, there we go. And then uh, Will also said, "Oh no, actually, maybe Honeycutt said that." Did Honeycutt say that Shepard was the highest scoring wide receiver on No Keepers? That was not mm. me. That no, I don't Honeycutt. think that was not me. That was Will. We'll go. That's back really sad. I'm going to go listen. I think. Well, I have it under yours, but I for some reason feel like I remember Honeycutt saying that. No, that was definitely that was definitely Will. So Honeycutt's predictions: um, Alvin Kamara did not score more than 23. DK <sighs> did score more than 20, and Kittle did not score more than 20. Kamara was so close too. My top predictions are bold predictions. Thielen and Cooper, I said, would finish in the top six. Whoa. And oh, that was well. way, way bad. Uh, <laughs> okay. Henry and CEH, I said, would outscore Gordon and Chubb by 15 plus. They outscored them by 14.7. I was oh, sorry. No, no. Wrong. Wrong. I mean, still wrong. I was just as close. Stafford did outscore Lamar. Mixon and Robinson scored less than 20 points combined. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Al, that's Allen Robinson, not James Robinson. And then um, I thought the Falcons would be the highest scoring team this week, which again I was so close on. And I thought they Brady should have been, finish. honestly, dude. Debo yeah. and CD both had terrible games. You needed a touchdown, guys... literally a touchdown from CD for more than like five yards would have been. Yeah, would have won. Yeah, yeah. You were um, you were actually pretty close on that one. Yeah. And then Brady, I, th- I said Brady would finish as a top two quarterback, but he didn't. So. There we go. We did not do great on the bold predictions last week. (laughs) No, we got four correct. That was bad. I'm hopeful we do better this next week. All right. Well, guys, uh, any last closing statements before we wrap up for a week four podcast? Nope. Let's have some fun. Let's do it. Send us. Hey, for real, if you're listening this, this far, thank you for listening this far. And send us some questions. It can be literally about anything. If you want to hear Will talk about tax law or hear Honeycutt talk about how to recruit college students to work for your summer camp or fantasy questions, let's do it. Send us some. Or soccer questions. And Honeycutt needs hockey questions. Yeah, sure. Toss them my way. Go Preds. And, guys, I got to sneak this in here. Go Hogs. Woo pig four and oh baby four and oh we're ranked in the top ten. Woo! So good to see my hogs pull it out. They're gonna (laughs) make they're gonna make a New Year's six bowl. You can basically take that to the bank. Well, guys, thanks for coming and joining episode four of the FL FFFL podcast. Keep it chilly, my friends. Follow us on the social meds. I don't listen to fantasy football podcasts.